Pulsara is proud to sponsor this episode of the Inside EMS podcast. Learn how you can leverage the power of network communication at www.pulsara.com forward slash EMS. Well, it's that time again, and welcome to another edition of Inside EMS. I'm not Chris Ceballero. I'm Rob Lawrence. I'm the EMS columnist. I'm Chris's international correspondent, and now... I'm a Sevalero stunt double. Chris is off doing that thing that's on the bottom of everybody's job description. That's other duties as assigned. But have no fear. I have the man that is going to be the Watson to my homes tonight. The man, as Chris would say, they call Kelly Grayson. Kelly Grayson. Hello, mate. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, you know, Rob, if you're going to sub for, for Chris Sevalero, you're going to have to spend a whole lot of time in the makeup chair. Uh, you know, some, some prosthetics to, to make you look a little uglier and, and uh, you have to, have to work on your Brooklyn accent a little bit. Yeah, well, I have, once again, uh, I have the original Brooklyn. Actually, I don't have the original Brooklyn accent because I'd have to be Dutch to be that, but uh, I'm, I'm working on that. But uh, I, I have to tell you, mate, it was a little bit of a surprise to both of us when we got the email at about 10 o'clock this morning, knowing we were recording tonight, to go, oh, I'm off to wherever he's going. Uh, you're in charge, Rob. Oh, Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, surprise. That's it. Well, technical difficulties. We, we all have to deal with them occasionally. So so here we are. Let's do this. Yeah. Well, actually, I have to say surprise. Today is the anniversary of my son's wedding two years ago. And the reason it was a surprise is I got a phone call um, two years ago to say, are you sitting down, Dad? Yes, I am. Why? Where are you? I'm in Las Vegas. Oh, what are you doing in Las Vegas? Well, we're in the pink Cadillac and we've just got married. Oh, Excellent. So, happy anniversary, Alex and Christina. I'll use my house prerogative to do that. Yeah, happy happy anniversary as well. That's that's a pretty cool story. Yeah, then she had to go and tell her parents. Ha-ha. Saved you all the money of, of, of springing for a wedding and all that kind of thing. Well, we had we had the wedding last year, but it was uh, it was quite the surprise. It was literally, are you sitting down, Dad? Uh, yeah, why? Okay. So, anyway, it, we knew it was coming. We just didn't realise it would be with Elvis in the pink Cadillac. Anyway, that's enough about uh, about anniversaries. Let's talk about uh, uh, the EMS martial art of Kwaqui. Q-A-Q-I, Kelly. What do you got for me? I, I, I noticed an article uh, on August the 11th on EMS One about the National EMS Quality Alliance seeking input from industry professionals for quality measure ideas. Uh, to, to of course, you know what what gets measured. You can't improve something till you measure it, and, and they're looking for a way to improve outcomes and expectations in all areas of EMS. And they're calling this the FAIR EMS Measurement Project. FAIR standing for Feasible, Actionable, Impactful, and Relevant. Uh, And this is done in collaboration with the Florida Department of Health and Emergency Preparedness uh, and funded by uh, U.S. uh, Health and Human Services and HRSA. Um, And they're they're trying to... uh, um, to come up with a, a, I'm guessing, expanded set of quality measures from what they have already. And it struck me that, that we talk, Rob, a great deal about quality measurement and we benchmarking do. And, and that sort of thing. And you are the perfect guy to break that down for us because you are a data-driven quality uh, improvement and and analytics sort of guy. So the p- question I want to pose to you is what kind of quality measures universal quality measures that we have in EMS today, or is there such a thing? Well, this is the United States, and sadly we use the Ricky Bobby rule that that quality equates to he who drives fastest, and uh, 
of course, we, we last week we had some issues with the president saying the word, using the D word. Well, actually, the, the reason he was using that was to talk about ambulance funding. So he can call me a driver all he wants. But the measurement that 8 minutes 59, 9 minutes 59, uh, average response time, fractile response time, is something that, that those that purchase our services use as probably one of the only measures of quality right now to work out how quickly we get there. Um, and it comes back to my old adage that to arrive in 8 minutes 59 and the patient dies, that's a success. Arrive in 9 minutes 1 second and the patient lives, that's a failure. That's got to be screwed up, Kelly. Got to be screwed up. It, that is, and, and to me, that is that has always been one of the most overrated quality measures uh, in, in EMS in terms of, of impact and, and relevance, uh, to use uh, the uh, NIMSQUIS um, language there. But, you know, we, we, we have this tendency, this conceit in EMS to, to assume that since something can be measured, that it should be measured, uh, and that if it can't be measured, it's not really important or relevant. Um, and and uh, for that reason, I think that, that quality, uh, quality measures, uh, the real quality measures of the care produced in a system are, are very often uh, moving targets. Can you think of any other... Uh, really overrated quality measures uh, in terms of impact and, and relevance, uh, aside from the one we both agree on. Uh, <laughs> we do, we do. I, well, I, I, I think that the issue, though, is that's probably one of the, it's been the only quality measure since, uh, you know, we, we I, I think it was uh, Eisenberg et al. talked about, the, the, you know, the speed of response, and if you got an ALS, uh, a first response in followed by an ALS response, 41% of patients survived. And that really set the, the the response times. And that's been pretty much the only one. And it's been a global only one. And we'll talk about the UK in a second, because uh, I did a bit of research on what they use for quality over there. Um, but other measures that we are using and have been using that's been fairly meaningful, of course, uh, I, I have to go back to, I spent eight years working under Joe Onato, of course, and uh, uh, so cardiac survival, um, the good old Utstein template, and Utstein is not an acronym, it's actually a place in Utstein Abbey in Norway where they met um, with uh, Douglas Chamberlain from the UK and uh, and others to create the standardised measurement of cardiac um, VF observed arrest survival. And so that's been a good measure, um, although when you look at an Utstein template, it gets it's very, very wide of all the people that have cardiac arrests. And then when you narrow it down into who had a VF observer arrest, it's actually a fairly narrow measure. But even so, it's it's a way to to, you know, judge how well we are doing and of course also judge up until recently how well we haven't been doing with things like bystander cpr so as a quality measure the quality measure outcome is we need to teach people to push hard and fast until help arrives so yeah, that's yeah. been that's been a good one it's an old one it's still in there and it should remain in there the, the problem the problem is, is is even that is a moving target because these these ems systems tout their cardiac arrest survival uh, numbers and 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 their their statistics uh, and and maybe the average layperson, certainly the average layperson and, and many EMS uh, professionals don't realize that when they say, well, we resuscitate successfully 45% of our pre-hospital cardiac arrests. No, you resuscitate 45% of your witness VFib cardiac arrest with bystander CPR in progress upon EMS arrival. The asystolic and the unwitnessed mm. and, the, and the PEA are not counted in that number. Yet, 
you know, and, and, and we've got agencies that are truly impressive. Uh, there are many of them out there. That yes. Ranked in the 40s, and Seattle, Kings County, Medic One is, is, is probably the king of the heap in that regard. And yet there are other places uh, uh, like Rialto Fire Department that was, that was uh, touting numbers that included all of their cardiac arrests that were comparable to everybody else's, uh, you know, the, the, just the, the witness VFib with CPR. So, you know, when, when, you, when you're trying to compare EMS agencies and, and their outcomes, you're still not really measuring, uh, comparing apples to apples because some of them are, are using a, a different uh, set of uh, that upstream criteria uh, reported to the CARES Registry. And that, that's one reason why we need to have a nationally recognized measurement um, but you know, the, for those that are attempting to, to conduct some sort of uh, measurement, that's a good thing. At least they're measuring. At least they're not they're not not measuring. And uh, you know, I've I've now been in the US for twelve years and came came over twelve years ago. My, I remember my first presentation at Gems probably eleven years ago, where I the the topic Kelly, would you believe, was actually called data, my favourite four letter word where I was talking about the fact that we everybody has data and people go, oh, no, no, I have no idea how much how much information I've got. I don't know. I have no information. This is 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, I'd, well, how many calls did you run? Well, I ran, we ran 5,000 calls a year. Well, you've got one data point, um, you know, and, and you kind of build it out from there. And so we've come a long, long way. Um, but there are still people that, that need to, you know, to, to measure these things in order to demonstrate their value to demonstrate their worth and to show how you know they are clinically improving the patient's lot uh, and that's a really important thing we again i can tell you at the you know at the click of a button most organizations how fast we got there can you tell me at the click of a button what my vf observed arrest was what my you know how am i doing on sepsis how am i doing on stroke how am i doing on everything you know fall, falls reduction so there's a lot more we can talk about, which is kind of where I think the the, the uh, QAQI NEMS QUA. Uh, I'm not sure whether we have to spell it out or it has a, a, how we pronounce that, but uh, um, you know that that's where they're going. We, we, and of course, this is almost son of Compass, isn't it? That they are picking up where Compass left off. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it reminds me very much of, of the mission of the, the EMS Compass Project, which which we've covered in the podcast before on on, on determining benchmarks for, for system performance and those data measures. Now, Rob, you have been in the United States for 12 years, and, and you've been over here long enough to know you used the Ricky Bobby reference earlier of uh, EMS in, in the United States is uh, – to use a Ricky Bobbyism, if you ain't first, you're last. And we have this conceit that we have the best EMS systems in the world, but <laughs> the relevant data really doesn't support that. Uh, and we don't know because, unlike other countries, we, we don't have a national uh, quality measure uh, initiative, and we don't have a nationwide set of benchmarks. Uh, as I understand it, uh, the United Kingdom does. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the, uh, the the ambulance services or the National Health Service, uh, you know, rig- rigorously uh, measure ambulance times. And of course, yes, there is the response time issue in there because actually, you know, whilst we've sort of put the downer on response times, actually it's a measure of patient satisfaction in a way because what the patient remembers always is 
you took a long time and went, and of course we both know that the, the patient's perception of time changes when the emergency's on and then we have to go back and measure and say no actually we were there in six minutes 59 seconds or whatever so you know that response time is important to the patient uh, it's certainly important to the politician because again the way that they the only question they know how to ask is how are response times going you know they're not going to say how is your st elevation myocardial infarction results going i can tell you that for nothing um, but back in the uk there are there are quality measures and yes there are response times but also they're examining things and this is reported nationally uh, and monthly uh, you know the uh, quality indicators which include stroke you know fast tests semi STEMI, sepsis and also how many calls were heard and treated and so this is the sort of telephone triage stuff that's going on and how many calls achieved alternative destinations now this is exactly where we're going with treating place exactly where we're going with telemedicine and exactly where we're trying to go with alternative destinations and currently we're getting away with it during the course of the pandemic but of course those are things that are meant to equalize or ease the pressure of if you like in the nhs now of course it's differently funded it's funded from main taxation etc etc but those measures are in place although i have to say right now during covid of course they've suspended those measures because the priority is just to have you know people on the trucks and they're using military folk to drive the ambulances and they're using you know, air force medics and etc just to augment to get things going but uh, but they're there and they're measured um, and actually there are consequences in the UK for not performing and uh, you know it's it's the good old-fashioned here's the box off you go if you if you if you fail to improve in your quality indicators well I said something that's something and you would know more about this than I do that, that we've long suspected to, to be coming down the pike uh, in the United States uh, with the uh, passage of the Affordable Care Act um, you know the the, the ACA specified that hospitals um, be rewarded or penalized for poor performance and poor outcomes that uh, uh, tested against a set of quality measures, and eventually that is going to trickle down to to pre-hospital care. Don't you agree? I do agree, and uh, I think that uh, the work that uh, you know they're doing with the survey and obviously the, the the measures that did exist before with Compass are a great start and. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what is suggested uh, and then where they go from there. Uh, and then, of course, the, the, the big thing, because there are, you know, 15,000 EMS registered systems. And I know this because I did the article on, you know, the, the whole 2020 business. But, uh, you know, it's then getting everybody to do that to a standard, of course, is the challenge. Yeah, it's like herding cats. Um, if if uh, if our lawmakers knew how much EMS people like to, to gripe and complain, they would they would tax it as a job benefit. Um, but you mentioned, however, uh, that you know the the ignorance of most politicians and policymakers uh, about what measures uh, uh, or, or what qualities. Uh, mark a good EMS system that, and their, their over, uh, over-reliance on response times as, as the only measure. Rob, how much do you think of that is, is a corner we ourselves as a profession have painted ourselves into? You know, uh, uh, do we bear some of the responsibility for, for policymakers focusing almost exclusively on response times because we've, we've taught them uh, that that's what's important rather than the, the outcomes of our patients? 
you know, the response time measure, and I come back to the, the, the research that was done up in, in Seattle in King County, and that was actually 1972 uh, when, when Mickey Eisenberg, etc., as I said, did that study, which then created, certainly in the UK and the rest of the world, that you know, the, the eight-minute standard, depending on where you stop the clock. So, so therefore, it's always, it's one of those, we've always done it. Therefore, and we we can now get on to the whole tradition piece, but you know, we've always done it that way. We've always measured it that way. Um, it's been in for you know 50, 50 odd years my math is, is crap but uh, uh, 40 odd years uh, and so that's been the only thing that we've had as a measure but now we have to work our way to working that one down the list um, and actually I was reading the minutes of the uh, of the quality uh, um, board of trustees meeting and actually they they, they sort of put some suggested some suggested um, you know quality measures and the one that interested me is we talk about response times but also there is there is the measure around red lights and sirens and actually not how many times you ran on red lights and sirens but how many times you didn't run on red lights and sirens and of course it goes um all of what you know just to the very recent very brilliant paper by jeff Jar jarvis tagman et al that talked about you know we don't really need to be driving under lights and sirens well if you if you take that one stage further we don't need to be driving at breakneck speed to every call now there are some we need to but actually some many we don't yeah you know and, and that uh that is a perfect segue into my next question first when you mentioned dr eisenberg when you first said it i thought you meant heisenberg and i was like oh if we're going to get into a discussion of the uncertainty principle here we're going to lose half of our audience oh i thought i thought you were going down the uh, the breaking bad route then for a second <laughs> but but, but before you ask that question kelly i've got my instructions from chris here we have to stop at the halfway point while i read the message from our sponsor Pulsara is the only FirstNet-listed mobile telehealth and communication network that connects teams across organizations. Free to EMS and the receiving EDs, Pulsara One unites teams seamlessly in a single patient channel, replacing the radio report with features like live video calls, ECG and image uploads, audio, data and key benchmarks. Pulsara United includes enhanced features built to help your EMS agency provide an expanded scope of practice such as mobile integrated health and community paramedicine. Regardless of which package is right for you, Pulsara makes communicating with healthcare facilities in your region easy. Simply create a dedicated patient channel, build your team and communicate. For more information, visit pulsara.com forward slash EMS. That's P-U-L-S-A-R-A dot com forward slash ems there you go so that was a message from our sponsors uh, sorry kelly i interrupted you but you had another question you, you no problem um so you talked about uh the now we're tracking some systems are tracking how often we don't respond lights and sirens and that's a perfect segue into what kind of what quality measures are we not tracking that we should be it seems to me that that would be the perfect way uh measuring the, the times uh that rls response was was curtailed uh would be an important safety measure to track in a system and also start to set the stage for de-emphasizing the be all end all of response times we there any others we're not measuring that we really need to have on the list well let me let me pull some from the as i say the uh, uh NEMSQA Board of Trustees um, reviewed, um, you know, some of the some of the measures that were kind of in the hopper, hyperglycemia, 
um, pediatrics um, uh, in terms of uh, you know the, the the treatment that you give them, uh, response to seizures, uh, strokes, uh, trauma, and as I say, the safety one. And then of course, if you go to the UK, then of course sepsis. Uh, we did a lot of there's a lot of a lot of people publishing on sepsis certainly last year obviously before covid kind of knocked things sideways but uh, you couldn't go too far without seeing a sepsis article those sort of general headings are ones that should be in there in order to demonstrate the quality and the outcome for the patient and then only when we have these in place in in any type of measure um, then we can go back to not only our elected officials and then do a really good education piece that what really matters here is those that we treat that get better, those that we treat that have less pain, ultimately those that we treat survive to discharge and those that we treat survive for a year afterwards. Um, and so that, that those are the goals that I want to achieve with my elected officials and also those that purchase the services. If you read any RFP, certainly in on the West Coast, the majority of it is around response times. And there are some, I have to, I have to say, some are now drifting in with some quality measure outcomes clinically. But again, more work to do there. Yeah, the, the, the problem, as I see it, with, with tracking outcomes, and I, I, I do think that, that should be our holy grail, no matter what we do in EMS, does it do the job for the patient? Does it improve outcomes and improve uh, uh, morbidity and mortality and, and, and patient satisfaction? Those should be the driving factors. The problem is, is our healthcare system, as it is, is so fractured. Uh, I, I can see in, in the United Kingdom where you have a single-payer health care system and the, the National Health Service rules all, uh, that you, you have more of an integrated system than we have here in the United States. Uh, I wonder how long it will take for us to, to leaving the, the issue of single-payer health care totally out of it, uh, how much more collaboration we're going to have to build with hospital systems to be able to track those outcomes after the patient leaves our ambulance. The word of the day, or the, the phrase of the day, actually, uh, comes back to what I was writing about in my EMS one-stop column last week, Kelly, and that's bi-directional data. Uh, in order yeah. to measure any of this, we have to be able to acquire that, that outcome information, because you know, I know that, you know, for many, many years, you dropped the patient in the ED, you got a signature on your bit of paper or, or on your electronic chart, and you got on with the next call, and you very rarely had an opportunity to work out what happened next. Well, in order to fill in and complete the quality metrics, we have to know what happened next. Now is the time to know that, because we have we have all of the technology and infrastructure and programming in place to be allowed to work out what happened next but you know come back to the you know the document that uh, Steve Worth and, and, and Doug and co wrote and put out around you know HIPAA is not an excuse it's actually a reason to share and this and this whole quality agenda is why we have to get this sorted out we have to make friends with our colleagues in secondary care we have to make friends with our colleagues in every care sector actually in, in order to extract that information that will help improve our lot and our delivery and therefore as a result of that improve the care that we give yeah i, I want to shift gears uh, a little bit rob and ask you ask you another question are all quality measures are, are they all universal uh, or are some more relevant to some EMS systems than others? Is, is a rural uh, EMS system that covers uh, 1,500 square miles and runs 
five, six hundred calls a year are going to have different quality measures than an urban EMS system where the typical transport time is two minutes and you can turn to any compass point and throw a rock and hit a level one trauma center. That is an excellent question, Kelly, and uh, I have had some experience of both because in, in I, I was in Richmond, which was the proverbial throw the rock, there's the hospital. Uh, the transport time was, you know, minutes in fact, it was probably quicker to go to the hospital than it was to respond in the first place in some cases. Um, and, you know, the medics had to be on the ball because of the nature of the job there was the trauma of an inner city. And so, you know, you had, you had to have good medics. I came from the UK, the east of England, which is the sort of, uh, it's the east coast, but it's kind of, the, you know, a, a very, very rural area where it's, you know, 35 miles-ish between each hospital and so what the medic has to do is not just a case of put them in the back of the ambulance, get them to the hospital in two minutes. You actually have to be good at delivering care. You have to be good at being an independent provider because you've got it's you and the patient in the back for half an hour or so. And so you have to be equally as good a medic. And I won't have anybody tell me, oh, yeah, but he's a rural medic. Yes, but have you ever looked after a critical patient for half an hour on the way to a hospital? You will never get so deep into a, a treatment protocol uh, as you will in, in rural EMS. And for that reason, I think we have to be measured to the same standard because they're different to different requirement. But the requirement to either, you know, be absolutely good at your you know the the immediate response care or indeed good at the long-term transportation care and sustainment of sometimes life for a long period of time i think you have to have you know everyone's got to be able to do the you know one or the other or you know the one and the other should i say this this leads me to to my final question i'm gonna throw at you and let you chew on this before we close Ooh. um if we get the if and when, I'm going to say when, because I'm still an optimist at heart, when, when we get a set of EMS system benchmarks and quality measures that are, that are you know, equally useful for the rural provider as, as for the urban provider and so on, where are we going with this? Can you, can you foresee a day where we might have uh, something similar to ISO ratings for EMS systems? where a particularly well-performing EMS system uh, pays dividends to its, to its populace by, by getting them uh, better health insurance rates, uh, that sort of thing? Well, that's certainly one option. Let's go back down to another one of my you know, often used sayings that EMS is a business, like it or not, and we have to yeah. be able to afford to do it. Well, if we can put extra quality measures into the mixer, with those people that are purchasing the service. In other words, they're the ones that say, we want you to come to our locality or or indeed, where especially when there are sort of, you know, hefty fines for one thing or the other, actually you can negate those by saying, you are right, well, we may have been late, but actually our clinical quality and the fact that the patient survived at nine minutes and one second is in fact worth not penalizing us for anything else. So, you know, you can use it as a lever, first of all, um, now, secondly, you can then use it as a benchmark of excellence. And there's that one lever that we can use that to actually make our business more affordable. And of course, we come back to the, the, the question, if we're not lashing out tons and tons of fines for whatever reason, then of course, it can be plowed back in to the most important thing, like retaining people. And we had this discussion the other week that let's spend more time retaining than, than you know, anything else. As Chris would say, he loves the word career field. Okay, so I'm going to use the career field word. It, it, it enables, enables us to to, you know show the value of our career field and the fact that we are you know up to the job and up to the task 
everything we're doing right now in, in COVID land, we all these all these extra things we're doing, whether it's immunize well, immunization, that'll be the next thing, testing, tracing, treatments in place, etc., are all the things that we know we can do, but we but we the trouble is we're having to demonstrate that we can do it well. And the only way we can demonstrate to do it well is actually outcome measures and metrics. Even right now, we need these things in just to show that we're doing a great job and not just us going, well, we're doing a great job. How do you know? Well, I'm telling you we are. We need those things in place. Well, you said before, uh, EMS, EMS is a business. Um, and and you, you are parroting uh, um, perhaps unwittingly Nancy McGee in that regard where uh, with any business, you have to demonstrate value for the money. And when you when you go to your your civic leaders and your taxpayers and say, uh, please, sir, may I have some more, uh, and want that tax millage renewed or increased, um, the data measures, the quality measures that that we need uh, that we're gathering uh, can be the ammunition to to convince them that hey, you know, yes, it says uh, it's a two mil tax increase, but that equates to uh, a gallon of milk a week for each household in our in our uh, city and. Inside EMS is recorded before a live studio audience for Chris's dog and Kelly's chickens. All laughter is canned, and humour is taken from the bumper book of dad jokes. Your grasp of industry reality could be at serious risk if you do not keep up with Inside EMS with Chris and Kelly at EMS1.com.